Do you like movies, television about comic books, and comic books themselves? Then you definitely need to listen to Thinking Outside the Long Box with Juan, John, and Gabe. Available now on iTunes, Stitcher, and your local computer monitor. In the comedy podcast system, random discussions are considered especially hilarious. In Northeastern New Jersey, the dedicated hosts who investigate these funny conversations are members of an elite show known as Adrian Has Issues. These are their stories. That's right. I was just finishing, um, was this last night? I was watching the latest episode of, was it Lorelli? And yeah. it's like, when you mentioned the French press, I'm like, uh-oh, here he goes. Now that the, uh, the caffeine addiction seems to be, uh, setting ah! in. <laughs> yeah. It's a problem. Um... But here's the deal. It's not because I need it. Like, I don't get headaches and stuff when I don't drink coffee. It's just that I love what coffee represents to me. Like, coffee represents fun and conversation and connecting with people. And that's what I love. And so when I'm doing that, it's a so it's a good problem. It comes from, like, a really genuine, wonderful place. Right. There's no reason to hate that. <laughs> that's right. No reason to hate it. However, I am a little upset because I know when I don't have it, like I go through really bad withdrawals. Uh, oh. What's your What's your secret? Tons of water. I uh, drink so much water. I used to have vocal problems. Um, get ready for another riveting story. I almost had nodes. Ooh, what are nodes? Like, oh, are those like, those like weird polyp things? Yeah. Yeah, I almost did. And I went into a vocal specialist and they put this tube in your nose, down your throat. Oh, it, awful it is it is absolutely torturous and it has a camera and it like looks at your vocal cords and they then pull it back out and the doctor was like well you have very attractive vocal cords i'm like what <laughs> what does that mean thank you are you hitting on me i don't know <laughs> um, so she said i had an attractive vocal cord so i let her buy me dinner and then no um <laughs> Yeah, she said you have attractive vocal cords, but you're not using your voice properly. I was trying to speak too low. Like, I don't know, I do comedy and I'm around, you know, I was in important meetings all the time and I was trying to, like, speak with authority. So I spoke with this, like, lower voice and I was hosting a live improv show and so I wanted to be seen as authoritative. So I was speaking lower and she was like, you can't do that. That's damaging your vocal cords. You're going to get nodes. And I was like, I need to make some life changes and so I started speaking up in my actual register, which is a higher voice, which sounds to me a little bit dumb, but it's where I'm supposed to talk. I don't think it sounds dumb at all, but it doesn't... Okay, look, I mean, you're you're most well-known, I think, for your work on The Chica Show and Sunny Side right. Up on Sprout. Yeah, definitely. So having a, a, a louder, you know, that voice that's just so very, I guess, energetic and vibrant doesn't sound dumb. I think it's perfect for, you know comedy or even children's programming I, I think it's a good fit yeah oh yeah it's definitely a good fit for that um with without going into the danger of being like hey kids how are you today because then you're just being condescending oh see i would have watched any show where the host actually just did that or just ex- <laughs> they were just super condescending to the kids the whole time <laughs> hey your brain's not fully developed how does that feel it's like what <laughs> What is this show? Oh my god, that'd be ratings bonanza. I I would watch the hell out of that show. (laughs) As long as you have a Nielsen's box in your house, then we're set. 
Oh, hey guys. Um, it's <laughs> hi. Um, welcome to Adrian has issues. Um, I'm Adrian, and we already. St- I didn't even properly introduce the oh, show, but no. I figured, you know what? Screw it. We just got into this great conversation, and I was like, I'm not editing any of this out because this is way too much fun. <laughs> so uh, today's guest is. First off, super awesome. She's an uh, actress, writer, comedian, puppeteer, director, coffee enthusiast, as we learned. (laughs) Yes. All the enthralling French press conversation. And funny uh, story, uh, my guest also used to talk to chickens for a living. Yeah. Yeah. When people go, "Uh, okay, wait, what is the show? What? When do you know? I'm like, ah, yeah. So I'm most well known for working in a costume shop run by chickens. Yes. And that, that gets me the dates. (laughs) <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Kelly Vroomen. Kelly, how's it going? Oh, so good. Thank you so much, Adrian. I'm glad to be here. You're is... you're a jolly person. Do people tell you that? No, but I think that's actually the first time I've heard jolly. I, I've heard a lot of other things, but I haven't heard jolly. Well, put that on your on your business cards on your li- on your list of when people are like, "So who are you? Tell me about you." Do do people actually say that? Do who are you? Tell me about you. See, I'm going to just start using, like, when I start advertising for the show, just to bring up a, a bunch of pull quotes. It's like, has anyone ever told you that you're jolly? Kelly Vroomen. There you go. Yes. Yay. Oh, that's good. Please do put that on there. If you write a book, I'll write a thing on the back cover. Awesome. He's jolly. But I was going to ask you a bunch of boring questions. Like, so where'd you get your star? And how did you then decide you wanted to do this for a living? But yeah. I feel like talking talking to chickens for a living is a great segue into, again, what you're most known for is um, children's programming. Because you didn't originally start on a Chica show. You were, it was called, what, Sunny Side Up, correct? Yeah, the Sunny Side Up show. I was the um, one of the two original hosts of the Sunny Side Up show, which is a live morning show for kids that airs between the other shows. So it's kind of the whole morning block that brings consistency and like helps a, a child get their day started as they're watching their children's programming. So yeah, I was uh, one of the two original hosts hired for that all the way back. Adrian, can you remember all the way back in 2007? 2007 what, what was i even doing, doing in 2007 i think i was still wearing like uh, pastel suits and loafers and what no no that's 87 Fast oh. 20 years after that okay yeah not not 1987 all right uh, i'm going back to the machine you know yeah, i'm going well, back to the delorean right let's stop in 97 just for fun what were you okay. doing in 97 oh 97 i was super angsty listening to a lot of prodigy prodigy really i was alanis alanis was my angst Oh, I'll see Alanis is see the thing is though, I was like that loud like metal angst. I should have gone with Alanis angst because she was brilliant. Oh, see you're saying Alanis and I'm saying Alanis. Some say Alanis, some say Alanis. Let's, Let's call the whole call thing the whole- off. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, because let's see, it's ninety seven, Jagged Little Pill was what, ninety five? Uh that sounds right. Because that was, I think, a little right before she released, um, what was that second album that was weird? Supposed former infatuation junkie? Oh my gosh, I don't know. Is that the one that was all about her writing stuff about dating Dave Coulier? I think that was You Ought to Know, and I didn't know that until years later. Yeah. Because I didn't realize it was about a famous person, not the, the, the guy from Full House? Ew. The guy from Full House. It's so weird. Like, where were you when you learned? This is like one of those 9-11 things. It's like, where were you when you when 9-11 happened? Like, everyone remembers. Where were you when you found out that You Want to Know was about Dave Coulier? You want to be depressed? This was at least within the last five years. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. I should have lied about that. Yeah, I was a late bloomer <laughs> finding that story out, and I don't know 
it was um it was a friend of mine had told me and i'm just like no no way that's like no really ranger joe ranger joe are you referencing the show he was on within yes. the show that is so meta i was about to say how meta is that joke very that's, that's disturbing but no yeah prodigy was my angst let's see it was 97 uh the spawn soundtrack was that year and it was all like marilyn manson and like metallica and they do like these um I guess uh, collaborations with like techno artists, and it was weird. I don't remember that. It's okay. I don't know if I know Prodigy. Well, they had that one controversial song. There was "Smack My Bitch Up." There was "Firestarter." Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I I do remember my parents not letting me listen to that. No, oh. see, I don't think my parents did either. But it was just I used to sneak and watch all the videos because they were weird. <laughs> yeah, man. Once the internet really started becoming a thing, ugh. Parents had so much less control. <laughs> <She's> I, like, <laughs> those songs, though, I remember because um, I didn't know really kind of what, like what, how bad are these? What are they really talking about? I remember um, my pastors, my pastor's kids <laughs> were doing a, like um, uh, they had like some church people over. Okay. And they're like, Dad, we put together a dance routine. He was like, okay. And they came down and uh, did a full dance routine to the um, – Lick You Like a Lollipop song. Oh, no. Yeah, because they were like, well, it's about a lollipop. This is fun. But their like, lyrics are like, she'll shimmy up me, my jimmy. And, like, like things are like, what? But all the church people are just, like, polite clapping and, like, nodding. These girls are adorable. Good for them. So they let them go through the whole thing? Yeah, they're not going to freaking tell them at that point what any of that meant. I mean, that's that's not the time or place. Just... Let them do a cute dance routine, and when they leave, everyone either A, laugh hysterically, or get super uncomfortable and go home. Yeah, I think I'd probably be in the latter case, because I'd slump in a chair, because it's like, okay, I'd stand up and be like, look, does no one else see what I'm seeing right now? <laughs> does, does no one else get this? Is no one going to stop this? This is weird. Come on. Yeah. They, <laughs> they were so proud of their dance routine. Uh, I'm so sorry, though. Like, I completely interrupted your story to talk about teen angst. Um, but, no, yeah, you started it. back in 97. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> started back in, not 97, 2007. We never came forward. Where were you in 2007? Oh, 2007. Um, I just got, like, my first, like, full-time job listening to a lot of indie rock. So I was less angsty and more, like, introspective. Ooh, Okay. But yeah, yeah no, 2007. Oh, I know it. I was addicted to anime. That was my thing. Oh, that's cool. I've never gotten super into anime, but I know it's like I'm in the minority when it comes to the whole world. Like, at, like so many people, billions of people love yeah, anime. You're nonstop working, and you've got so many projects going on. To not be like addicted to random pop culture, I think that's okay. It's probably beneficial. I, I wouldn't have time for it, but. I, I would like to. I like to fit in. When I like to, like, most of the movies and TV shows that I watch and books that I read, I do so so that I can participate in conversation with people. <laughs> I'm not kidding. If something's popular, I watch it or do, like, because I just want to be able to go, oh, yeah. And did you see that episode of Dragon Ball Z? Oh, yeah, the one where, um, yeah, see, and that's what the worst part is. I'm that person who always forgets to watch the thing that's popular because last night I did another show and they were making Game of Thrones references. And I'm trying so hard to be like, yeah, I, yeah, oh. totally. I know full well. It's like, look, I barely watch this show. Stop trying. Oh, yeah. I am I am full out a GOT head. Uh, see, again, I'm out of the loop. <laughs> I think I made up that term. I don't think that's a thing. But Game of Thrones, I love it. Yeah, that's a show. I will oh, love it. 
I like to, you know, the theories, conspiracy theories. Okay, so 2007, um, I auditioned for Sprout. I get it. I'm cast as one of the first two hosts, which is awesome. It was a fledgling network. You know, it was just beginning at the time. And um, I remember that very first day, we couldn't, we didn't really have anything figured out. And um, like one of the PAs was still on set, like fixing something when we went live and we had no idea. And the puppeteer was like, Ed, dude. You're in the shot. <laughs> like wander out. It was it was crazy, and now it's such a, a finely tuned, amazing, functional m- machine that's just plowing forward. It's so cool to have seen it through so many stages. You're like Saturday Night Live. It's like we're Saturday Morning Live. It's like not ready for uh, <laughs> yeah. Saturday Morning players. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's cool. But yeah, I actually found uh, I found out about your show, The Chica Show, by accident because long before they made the declaration that they're not going to do any more Saturday morning cartoons, uh-huh. I had just figured, well, okay, it's Saturday morning. I'm usually asleep by this time now that I'm older, uh-huh. but I'm going to get up. There's got to be some sort of cartoons on. I'm flipping through. It's like news, news, political pundits, news, boring. And it's like, okay, hey, look, NBC's airing commercials for stuff that looks like it could be uh, cartoons. Great. Then it's like, oh, wait, what is this show? Like, this lady's talking to stuffed chickens. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you know what? Fine. I'm going to watch this because at this point I'm so dedicated to trying to find some sort of, like, cartoon-type programming. By that dedicated, I'm gonna wa- you mean high? <laughs> Actually, no. I was probably hungover. <laughs> gonna watch because at this point i am so high i need no um really gonna... you're so dedicated to finding a saturday morning cartoon that you left the the land of car- i mean well a part of the show is cartoon you know we we morph into cartoons i'm not the demographic for the show but it was just something generally kind of fun about it that it was definitely not your typical kids show that are like very grating and can be almost drone-like yeah there's a genuine playfulness to it that i think is what made people love it and it was the episode, um, I actually made my girlfriend watch the episode uh, yesterday. Um, it was one of like the highlight reels on YouTube. But it was the episode where you're trying to throw the surprise party for the mailman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the bit that made me die laughing was you're trying to basically get him from coming into the <laughs> store. And you're using the, the, the uh, dolphin puppet. Yes. Which then made me crack up because then I was thinking of um, Archer. Uh-huh. Which I don't know if you ever watched Archer, but I do, the, but I uh, don't know that. Um, what's her name? The blonde Pam. Um, cuz she she's like human resources. She uh-huh. she does like these peer reviews. So to get the uh the employees to maybe talk about their feelings, she uses a dolphin hand puppet? No way, really? Yes. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so then of course, once you start doing the dolphin thing, like I was cracking up and it's like, "Okay, I'm I'm going to admit this on air. It's like I became a fan of this show." Oh my gosh, I'm honored. That's amazing. Also, doesn't Judy Greer voice that character of Pam? Yes. Yeah, I would be like her any second that I can. Oh man, I don't, I don't, I don't think that was any sort of connection that we made. I don't know what year they filmed that episode either. But um, oh, that's so fun. Yeah, freaking dolphin puppet. They were like, um, yeah, just go ahead and use the puppet. Like the script just said puppet, but like all the dolphin language and whatnot. I mean, that scene was largely improvised between the two of us. Because once you put a dolphin puppet on your hand, like, I don't, I feel like whatever happens, happens. <laughs> but it was great because, again, it's like this is kind of the funny, very kind of centered in improv. It, it almost reminded me a little bit of, like, your more 
um, subversive kind of Sid and Marty Croft stuff at times. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I just met Marty. No way. Where? Uh, it was amazing. On the set of a new show that they've got for Nick Jr. Uh, it was just it was just incredible. Yeah. He, he's such a legend and is so like, you know, oh, yeah. Okay. We got this thing. Everyone move over here. Whatever. Don't waste my time. You know, he's such a legend. <laughs> Oh, he's such a character. He's so cool. That must be weird because I, uh, of course, I'm all in reruns naturally, but because I know Cartoon Network used to air some or in some other networks watching like Land of the Lost and like Banana Splits and um, what was the other one like Sigmund and the Sea Monsters? Like these shows that were these great kid shows, but yet I'm thinking to myself, were these really for children? Well, it's that delicate balance of wanting to create content that kids are going to enjoy and want to have on the TV, but something that won't make the parents want to shoot themselves in the face. <laughs> but that's why I always love shows like Yo Gabba Gabba because I made this joke uh, to a friend of mine years ago saying a show like Yo Gabba Gabba find, found a way to bridge a gap between parents, mm-hmm. kids, stoners, <laughs> yeah, like music snobs like myself. Mm-hmm. It's just like basically it hit all across, like it managed to hit almost every demographic you could possibly think of. Yeah. So, how long did the um your work with Sprout and the Chica show last in? Because I know it was, what, only like about a two, three year run? Um, the Chica show, we shot 52 episodes. And, you know, with kids TV, you can air those over and over again. Uh, but we shot, it was essentially kind of two seasons. We did two 26-episode seasons. Um, and the Sunnyside Up show, I did for six and a half years. Oh, Wow. Yeah, because yeah, I didn't get a chance to see the sunny side up, though, but I know mostly through uh, Chica show mm-hmm. your work. But so then now, because after watching this show a few times, like, OK, uh, the host Kelly is really funny. Well, OK, what else has she done? So then I you know, found your work on YouTube where you've done some stand up work and you also have a uh, a comedy troupe. What is it? A Jellyman Productions? Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, when I left Sprout, I was like, mm, all right, well, what am I, I, I don't know. I was excited for my next stage. Like, there's, I don't know, you've got one life to live. What are the other installments? What's what's next chapter? Um, but then in the meantime, I was really interested in um, connecting to these families who I really cared about, who, you know, we just connected through the Sunny Side Up show and the Chica show and the audience that I had from that. And so a friend of mine came up with the concept of taking real conversations that parents had had with their kids in the car, and we kind of played around with that idea and recreating it with the kid being played by a puppet, and I pulled in some of my comedian friends, and we had people submit story ideas, and then we built sketches around those and built a show that we called Car Seat Stories. So in order to do that, I started a production company called Jellyman Productions with my friend John Ree, who was a very talented director that I actually met when I was living in Philadelphia. And he is also out in L.A. and doing a bunch of amazing work out here. And so I reached out to him and he was like, yes, I would love to work with you. Yes, I love this idea. Um, I pitched a couple other project ideas to him, too, that we've got in the works. And he was the one that originally kind of came up with the idea of like, you and Lauren should do something uh, you know, a commentary type show. And I was like, absolutely, we're thinking about it. And he has been a, you know, a, a voice in Lorelli as well. So he's been such a great creative partner and we really appreciate each other. So yeah, it was kind of like, 
and I, I write a bunch of sketch. I do a bunch of sketch um, live, and I wanted to get some stuff online too. So then we started a Jellyman sketch channel, and kind of have started going from there. I mean, it's all building. We're in the process of building the empire. I mean, it's <laughs> you know, there's so much content online, but we just want to consistently put out funny stuff that when you know you come to it, you know it's going to have a positive. That's another thing too, where I, like my. My comedy, whenever I go dark or mean or negative, it doesn't connect with people because it's not naturally from me. Like, that's not who I am. And so it seems fake. It seems forced. It's not what I enjoy. It's not how people receive me well. So it's interesting. Yeah. So I want my comedy and what I put out to be to be positive and uplifting and self-deprecating before ever being negative about someone else. And I I read um, Ellen DeGeneres' book what was it called? I don't remember. But one of her books that she wrote. Um, <laughs> I'm actually going to, this is, is this bad form? I'm going to Google this while you say it. Oh, good. Do. Okay. So uh, Ellen, Ellen Jenner's one of her books that she wrote in it. Ooh, no. You know what? This was in an interview that she did for some magazine. But she, okay. So it's not even in the book. No. So do, I mean, try to right. Google it. See if you can, I'm going to write this, try to Google these words and see if it comes up. Um, okay. This is an Ellen DeGeneres quote. From some magazine article that I actually cut out and freaking carried around with me, like from city to city, apartment to apartment, house to house, like, and I just always had this on my fridge, and now I don't know where it is. So I would love it if you would tell me where it was from. Okay. But she said, um, if if you think about it, so much of what we laugh at is mean, is negative. Like, it, so there, like her whole thing is like, and she is, she is the queen of just laughing at funny things that are funny just for being funny, not for being mean or for negative or for shock value. Is there something that, yeah, so much of what we laugh about is negative. Just when you pay attention to what you laugh at and just how much better, I don't want to say better. I don't want to qualify it that way, but like how there's so much potential to create content that's just funny because it's funny and weird and quirky and silly. All right, so while we're on the subject of comedy, let's talk a little bit more about Lorelli. Now, that's a show you co-host with, uh, shoot, I forgot her name that fast. What was it again? Lauren Pritchard. Yeah, she was um, she was on Mad TV. She's done guest star roles on so many shows. Yeah, she right now has a new show on Disney um, called Gamer's Guide to Everything. She plays, like, the quirky, uh, but, like, angry, weird librarian. She's hilarious. She and I formed this improv duo. Basically, someone was like, hey, you guys would be good working together. And I was like, okay, I'll ask her. So I asked her out. I was like, hey, would you would you want to do improv together? And she said yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, she said yes. She said yes. <laughs> and we, That's so funny. We submitted for this cage match at IO West Improv Olympic in Hollywood, which so many, I mean, every time I go, you see, I just saw Mike O'Brien from SNL there the other night. Yeah, and we just won, and then we just kept winning, and we've been winning now for 27 weeks. No, I was going to ask you, though, about Cage Match. I thought for a second, like, wait, are you actually fighting in the octagon? Oh, my gosh. That's so a term that needs explaining. Um, Yeah, so Lauren and Kelly, which we put our names together to just be Lorelli because we are not creative. <laughs> um, No, we are. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So we submitted for improv cage matches are basically when one team of comedians goes up against another team of comedians. Okay. And then at the end, the audience votes as to who they thought was funnier. And so we've just been competing against different teams, sometimes two teams in one night, but mostly just one team. It's a specific time slot at the theater. 
So this is like comedy Thunderdome. Two troops enter, one troop leaves. That's exactly true. We all do need to wear wrestling singlets, but other than that, it's it's very different. Yeah, I was like, how great would that be if every week you came in, you just didn't decide to take on a persona of, like, an actual wrestler? Like, yeah. one day you just, like, dress like, I don't know, Rowdy Piper. I almost said Hulk Hogan, but maybe that's not the best person to dress up as right now. Yeah, yikes. Um, Gosh, I don't know enough about Hulk Hogan's life. I should follow it up. But he is a he is a character. Yeah, it gets a little awkward. You're probably better off uh, not even bothering. What about um Kimbo Slice? Oh, yeah, that guy. Which I remember, this is so funny, like, I remember years ago, um, my cousin and I used to actually watch his, like, street fights on YouTube. They're basically kind of like bum fights, but not as bad. You know, and he's, like, he's just, like, bare-knuckle brawling with dudes in, like, backyards. So then I remember he was doing, um, I forget the name of the company, it was a mixed martial arts company. And it was, like, his first, like, semi-pro fight in, like, an octagon. And it's like, okay, this guy is great at, you know, bare-knuckle brawling, but most of the guys he fight in the ring, they've been training for years in, like, different, like, you know, martial arts principles or wrestling styles. So at the within seconds, not even minutes, seconds, it was almost like a Ronda Rousey fight. As soon as the bell rang, he was he was down. Like, this guy just was just fist and elbows. What? You mean, you mean he just, like, bam, knocked him out and the guy was down? Flat down? Yeah, no, Kimbo was knocked down. Like, he... Oh. Oh, yikes. Which years later, I think he got better, but I, I think there was a moment where it's like, okay, maybe he might need to train just a little bit more in this type of fighting. Well, Lauren and I are like the person who knocked him out. That's what we do. We get up on stage, and we hit everyone until they they literally can't do improv, and then they hand us the award for winning again. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But our style is very kind of what we wanted to put something, because we have so many friends and family and that, that live across the country that can't come to see our show. And it's getting such great reviews from everyone that we were like, we need to put something online. We enjoy working together. We love it. It's easy to do. We, we, it's so joyful that we were like, all right. So we kind of, Lauren came up with the idea of putting the green screen behind us so that we can put videos up or pictures up. And we, a lot of times get our inspiration. We scroll online and kind of find a funny video or picture and then we comment at it and we launch into scenes based on it and get to enhance the funny with our green screen. I don't think anyone else is like launching into scenes the way we do, but that's what we do in our improv. We play crazy characters and at any given point might play each other's characters. Like right. if, if Lauren even started out as a, a, a insecure junior high student and I'm the grouchy mom, Let's say a grandma needs to enter, so she goes to play the grandma. I might jump into the role of the insecure junior high student because <laughs> we need to have a conversation with him, you know? It, so that's something that we've been doing a lot, and we've thought, ah, oh, how can we – I mean, that's harder to do when it's filmed just because we would actually need to, like, switch positions on our couch and whatever. But the whole launching into scenes and getting to play with those weird characters on the spot is something that – that we think is really working. Now, do you just shoot long form? Like you just basically just roll and keep going, then edit it down? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could put the whole scene up. The whole scene is funny enough. I mean, it's like our show. You know, people come and they watch us improvise for 20 minutes. But online, no one has that attention span. And it's, yeah, we just we just want to highlight. I mean, sometimes the funniest stuff doesn't make it, but it's, it's too non sequitur to create, you know. So it's all about finding that that balance between how to like put it in a short enough amount of time that people will actually watch it while staying right. who we are. 
So is there any possibility that we will then maybe see some bonus content? Like, oh, hey, here's some outtakes from episode five and stuff like that. Uh, Dude, that's a great idea. I think so, because there's the very last one I watched, you were talking about, I think it was the um, Ben Affleck Jennifer Garner divorce. Yeah. And I, I can't remember if it was you, I think it might have been you who said the line, which I'm still laughing at, is, if you move to Canada, you're going to get divorced? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because Lauren said, Lauren said something like, um, we were talking about them and how hard it is as a Hollywood couple. And Lauren said, yeah, I mean, you're you're always filming in Canada because so much of TV and film is now shot in Canada because of tax reasons. And right. so I then made the illogical jump to, yeah, if you go to Canada, you're going to get divorced. <laughs> so, yeah, we had this. I mean, it, that scene for us went on for a long time. So that would be fun to then put in for anybody who's become fans of the videos and like knows them to then get to watch the bonus material and see some of the other stuff. <laughs> yeah. And then I kept jumping on top of her. She was. Yeah, that was <laughs> hysterical because, wait, were you playing Garner or were you just playing just some random woman? I think I was specifically playing Garner, but not, I was not doing a good impression. Because <laughs> it was always just like the, I married, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Too, too <laughs> funny. But yeah, I, I would love to see any like the additional footage from that because I, I think for fans or anyone who's watching them, because it's like you could tell when a bit goes and where it like it stops because it just kept going. And I know that's so hard because I know in and of myself yeah. when I'm um, like with the host or if I'm talking to somebody else, like my best friend especially, we'll get into like these bits or we'll maybe start playing characters ourselves. But then at some point you then realize, okay. This is funny to us, but maybe whoever's listening or watching this, maybe they're not necessarily as receptive to it. And it's like, ah, I hate to cut all this out. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Knowing your audience. Yeah. But you want to respect your audience, too, and go, well, they're smart enough to know. But then sometimes I'm like, but what we're doing isn't smart. <laughs> this is only for us. Well, again, I think that's what makes it funny is... It's something that the two of you are clearly into, and then that's what makes it funny. And that's that's got to be tough as a performer, because I don't know if you've ever had that challenge of there's things that you find amusing that then you're hoping the audience does. Because I know there's some people who just strictly cater to the audience, but as you can tell that it's maybe a little disgenuine. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. That like, Because you want to do what you find is funny. If you're doing what you think everyone else will find is funny, then you're being like everyone else. And why are you making any content? So I, I guess the dream is to be able to bring to the world what no one else can do because it's so inherently you. Um, and therefore you have to follow what you think is funny, but with that, you have to be watching what other people are doing. You have to have a sense of what is working for other people or else you might be so specialized or so weird or so off that like you just can't relate. Right. But then there's so many things that I've watched in recent years, various networks or YouTube channels, what have you. And the content, it's like, I, I know in myself what I, what I find entertaining. There's some things that I'm saying to myself, I, I'm just, I'm not into this. And yet you look at like the view count and are getting like millions of views. Yeah. And I'm like, clearly there's a market for this. So it's just a matter of how do you tap into that market that will appreciate your specific brand of weirdness? Yeah, very true. And then there's the whole, like something Lauren and I haven't done, cause we're so early in on it, um, that something we haven't done is, you know, do, doing anything to boost posts, doing all the cross, like cross promoting through all the social media channels. I mean, it's, ugh, 
it's a it's a lot to do that. Plus, we're both, you know, full time actors and writers and working on stuff all the time. I mean, Lauren's on set today. I don't know. We need interns. Adrian, we need intern. I need an intern. Um, I was going to say, uh, paid or unpaid? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. That's so terrible. I just completely lost a job by asking that one question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I do, though. I need mean, hello. If anyone listening to this podcast has a lot of time on your hands and is very internet savvy. Oh, 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 oh. me, me, me. Oh, oh, me, me, yes? me. Hello, hello, little boy. What's your name? Hi, my name is Adrian and I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Oh, hi, Adrian. Wonderful. Great. Um, the only requirement for this is, uh, do you have a computer and time? Uh, yes. And yes, yes to those twice over. Cause yeah, I, I don't really do much these days. Wonderful. You are hired. Uh, the pay is a good old high five, encouraging words, and um, deferred payment for anything <laughs> that we may or may not ever make money on. Awesome. But no, I would totally, totally just, you know, then if that's the case, I'll just have to make sure when posts are up and yeah, I can send her a few retweets and, you know, run at the mouth. That's what I do on my spare time is pretty much that is running at the mouth. There you go. Boom. All right. We'll talk. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have your people call my people. Yeah. Good. My people, my people, by the way, is now you. So you can call yourself. I was like, hello, is this me? Yes. Hi, how are you? (laughs) Uh, I do have a manager whom I absolutely love. That's that is important, though, because yeah. I was going to say, because I'm like, I, 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 that would have been a weird conversation for me. I was like, yeah, my manager is the worst. Oh, gosh, no, he's amazing. His name is Jonathan Gross. He is with Revealed Talent Management. He's amazing. Um, and he's he's so fun, and he's exactly what a manager should be. Because the difference between, hey, let's talk industry for a second. Oh, sure. Agents, and I I have a commercial agent who keeps every year wins like the best commercial agent in LA award. He's phenomenal as well. I really am very happy about my team. I have a wonderful team. Um, the difference between an agent and a manager is that, um, a manager is kind of there to help shape your career and agents are there to really submit you for parts you'd be good for. Huh. That's actually something I ever thought of because I, I know for, for those of us uh, on the other side of that fence, so to speak, you know, you always hear about agents and it's like this and that, but yeah, no one really talks about managers much. Because managers take on fewer clients because they give so much more attention to everybody. So yeah, I mean, you know, agents, I guess, are more like, all right, I'll call you. I'm submitting you for this kid. Get there to the audition. Wah. They're always smoking. <laughs> I love how most of a sudden you just turned into like 1940s Hollywood. Like... <laughs> I did. Yeah. Gold. You're solid gold, kid. Got to get out of Indiana and get to the big time. I see you on Broadway. I see you in movies. <laughs> They're always from Indiana. <laughs> it's always like some sort of like hayseed state. <laughs> get on that bus and get here now. However, I've noticed, though, any time that happens, like, in a movie, like an old movie, yeah, they're always from, like, Indiana or some, like, country, but yet nobody has the accent. You just called Indiana country. Oh, someplace country? Not, like, a different country? I, I just, thought you just called Indiana a different country. Which well, is no, I was... <laughs> it is. Well, it kind of... I don't know. There's... See, I'm from northeastern New Jersey, like, and unfortunately, the, the Midwest, that area, it's kind of like, okay, you know, you move a further out, further out, there's empty space, and then you get to the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. There's empty space, a mountain, and then you're on the West. I am from Ohio, and we, my mom just sent a picture of, um, she's getting a, a my parents are putting an addition on the back of the house. 
Okay. And it's being built by Amish people because we live in a city surrounded by nothing but just farms, 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 and Amish, Amish, Amish until you get to the next city. And I'm not kidding. And so my mom sent me a picture of the addition, and there's like Amish people working on it. And you're not supposed to take pictures of the Amish people. But mom said that she asked and that she wasn't going to post it anywhere and that she just wanted to show her family. And they said yes. Huh. I didn't even realize the uh, the picture taking was a uh, one of the rules. Yeah, because it's the whole falls in. Well, I, I and I'm not Amish, but I believe it's because it falls into the whole graven images thing. Oh, okay, interesting. Did not know that. Yeah. See, educational. That's that's what I'm all about. <laughs> See, I thought I was just going to talk about comedy and fun, but it's like now I, I'm learning about a culture that I'm really not well versed in, and also I just completely just displayed my ignorance of the Midwest. So. <laughs> Yeah, everyone in between is like, well, screw him. I don't want to listen to this show anymore. I'm not going to listen to this podcast. He doesn't recognize that we matter. <laughs> it's like, it's not that you don't matter. It's just that after a while, it becomes a blur. <laughs> it does become the same thing over and over again. Any other projects? Um, do you do any, like, uh, I guess, film work? Or is it mostly just improv? Yeah, no. Um, I Well, I've got a couple top secret things that I can't talk about yet but when i tweet about it i'll at you or let you know so you can retweet stuff for me um i uh, yeah, I, uh <laughs> sounds good i am yeah. the intern now yes right um yeah i'm working on something at the end of this month that'll be out in october and that'll be a cool pretty big deal and then i am shooting something this sunday which is a really awesome um web series that's being produced that's a dramedy called adopted they did this huge kickstarter thing uh, so I'm shooting an episode of that this weekend. And, yeah, you know, pitching some stuff around, pitching stuff that I can star in um, <laughs> and or act in. <laughs> got some good meetings. I mean, it's all the, you know, it's all the hustle. Just like it's kind of about just creating a whole bunch of stuff that's really good and putting it out there and finding the people that you want to work with. And I'm so, I'm so honored right now to just have people in my life that I'm amazed by uh, their talent and their drive and how funny they are. And just getting to, to work with them is, is what I'm doing. And, and yeah, I, I, it's not just one big thing. I'm working on so many different things and who knows where any of it is actually going to go. Um, oh, I am also um, right now working with the people over at the Equals 3 YouTube channel on their new show called Comedians On, which is a bunch of different comedians talking about one topic. And then they oh, edit cool. it all together, and it's really hilarious. So, yeah, that's uh, Equals 3 Comedians On. And I have talked about Tinder and the new Star Wars movie. And what else did I talk about? That's Wow, that's oh, a heck of a jump. It's like, yeah. oh, Tinder and Star Wars. Yeah, Tinder, Star Wars. And electronic dance music. Ooh. Oh, that made people angry. Oh my gosh, Adrian, you're a snob, so I bet you would hate that episode. Because we, wait, wait, what? Well, really? Well, because I don't and like it was a very, very polarizing with people's opinions about it. Because you know, a lot of people who listen or who are on YouTube are young people in their teens and are really all about EDM. And EDM is awesome. But I had to learn a lot about EDM in order to do it. But it's a pretty low-hanging fruit as far as being able to make fun of it because it is like one DJ mixing <laughs> stuff together in their room. So, of course, you know, like my jokes are like you know, all about like, no, mummy, I don't want to play the cello you bought me. I want to push computer buttons. <laughs> I get it. That's insulting. I get it. That's not fun. I mean, that's if you really love it, that makes you feel like, oh, I'm doing more than that. I get it. I'm sorry. I still thought that was funny. It, it is. It is funny. <laughs> but 
you know, I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know. I might be a terrible person, though, because I have no, been known to laugh at inappropriate things before. But I think you should be able to, right? Even if you love something, like take me, for instance. I love Tinder. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't judge. Yeah, right? No, um, if I love something, I've, I I also like to hear people make fun of it because I, I, I know it, so I love it. Or I love it, so I know it. So I know the jokes, even if I don't agree with the opinion, it's fun to hear someone say something a little insulting. Like I had a line, and I love Star Wars, but at the end, one of their questions that they asked us, the comedians, to answer is like, why should you or should you not have sex with a Star Wars fan? And I, my answer was, well, you shouldn't, because they'll always shoot first. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right? That's a very funny joke. Um <laughs> And that was that, but I love Star Wars, so you know. Ooh, I see. Now you should not have said that. Like you do realize this is uh, traditionally a geek podcast, right? Um, I I can geek. Yet you don't. Yet you don't got. See, the thing is, I don't got. But of course, it's like Star Wars. That's I. You know, I was I was one of those children who, at the ripe age of like four or five, my dad sat me down. And said, you need to see these movies, son. Good well, he didn't say it like that though. But I, I was made to watch a lot of stuff. That is a good dad. That's my dad. Hi, Adrian. Dad. <laughs> Hi. How's it going? <laughs> I, I'm just gonna play my dad for now. It's like, <laughs> is your dad there? Is he your intern? He might as well be because to tell you the truth, if, if with the exception of a little bit of a complexion difference in height, I pretty much am my father, so it's scary. Wow, you guys are the same personality. Pretty much, I, I think I, I would like to think maybe I'm a little bit more outgoing, but I don't know. He's a retired cop, so you know he's. Dude, my brother's a cop. Being a cop's intense. Right. Oh, if you don't mind me asking, whereabouts? Um, he is in Ohio. Okay. Yeah, he's in. He's a cop in Ohio, but um. In a town that he gets a lot of action, he's done. He's done a rotation. He spent a, some time as a narco detective. Oh, cool! Yeah, narc. See, I just imagine your brother. And the thing is, now I don't know what your brother looks like, so I'm just gonna basically I'm gonna imagine you dressed up as your brother, Honestly, but it's yeah. very like '70s cop, like you're sliding across <laughs> hoods, jumping over rooftops. It's just... It is. It's me dressed up I, like. The older we get, the more I look like him with long hair. <laughs> and I'm not saying that's a good thing. I mean, he's cute. He's a cute, but he's a dude. Like, the older I get, the more masculine I am. Except for my voice, which I'm speaking higher. I was about to say, because if you go low again, you're going right, to get nodes. I'm going to get nodes. We've spoken about so much. We've talked about so much. Spoken? Is spoken okay to say there? I don't know. See, I'm not the grammar police, so. Okay. <laughs> All right. Your dad's just the regular police, and my brother's a narc. See, like, yeah, my dad, like, he moved up for a while, but then he did a lot of um, the behind-the-scenes stuff later on. Isn't that the Like, natural... working with the police union, yeah. stuff like that. That's kind of the natural transition, right? You do your time on the streets, and then you work your way into the office somehow? Yeah, which you'd think it would almost be the other way around, because I'd imagine being a cop, it's like, yeah, anybody can file paperwork, <laughs> but have you, traced, have you chased the perp across rooftops yet? <laughs> and it's like... Dude, like uh, two days until my retirement. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, man. <laughs> they, they move people onto the street once they're 50. Well, look at Lethal Weapon. He did that to Danny Glover. Like this guy, he was always two days before retirement. And yet he's like jumping over, like, you know, exploding buildings and stuff. And it's like, wouldn't he be in the offices at this point? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he would. Man, it never occurred to me. 
but Lethal Weapon is not an accurate movie. No, not at all. Like, and I used to think that as a documentary because yeah, my absolutely. dad was a cop, so he'd watch a lot of cop dramas. But we also had a mutual love of action movies. So, of course, they're like, oh, you're going to be a cop like your dad? And it's like, all right, well, how many gunfights do I get into a week? And, like, how many ninjas do I fight? It's like, none. You do a lot of paperwork. I'm like, nah, it's all right. I'll just podcast instead, <laughs> then I guess. No. Then no. Um, there's a Simpsons quote that says, I never knew you could put a bomb in the toilet, but after seeing Lethal Weapon, I check every time. <laughs> That's a Homer Simpson quote. Which Lethal awesome. Weapon had the bomb in the toilet? That was Lethal four? Weapon 2. Oh, 2. Yeah. <clears throat> no, 4 was just a bomb in general, but... Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Now you mentioned Star Wars and Simpsons, and it's like, damn, like, I, we're, like we're, we're kind of running out of time. Uh, well, I, I could be a recurring guest. No, I would certainly <laughs> hope you become a recurring guest. I like, myself to be recurring guest. It's like, ha, this is legally binding. Yeah. <laughs> I've already agreed. Ah. But yeah, Star Wars and Simpsons are like two of some of my major loves in life. Simpsons has got me through some tough times. Yeah, to tell you the truth, I, I know the 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 almost hipster-like responses. You know, I don't watch anything past like the first 10 seasons, but it's almost true. Uh, I guess, yeah, I don't know. Sure. But I would watch anything. Again, like, if it's something you love, watch it just to watch it. You can watch it and hate it and say, eh, but watch it. Yeah, I normally do watch it when it's on, but I know in my head, I can't... The one thing about the, the heyday of The Simpsons, I can recall in my head almost every, like, at least the major jokes of those early seasons. Oh. Because, again, that's one of those shows that there's a phrase or there's a quote or there's a reference for any situation in yep. life. But to this day, like, at least the more recent episodes, I can't recall any jokes. And I don't know, maybe I'm older, or maybe the caffeine or the beer took all the memory away, but... <laughs> Um, that's a really good point. Uh, what about with Family Guy? Same thing. Like, those first, I would say, the seasons leading up to its initial cancellation, I can recall that stuff so easily, but after that, I can't tell you anything. You, you're like, do you think it's like, um, PTSD? That, like, you were so traumatized by some shift in the show, or the fact that the cancellation happened, that, like... This is your self-preservation? Is that your mind just won't let you remember the newer episodes? Oh, this is... Oh, shit. This just got deep. Um, You know what? I'm thinking back to every show that happened, because Futurama, the same thing. You know, I remember all those early ep- those early seasons. show got canceled. It came back. I can't recall a thing, even though I've watched most of those new episodes. So maybe I do. You just want to forget that it was ever canceled? You just, yeah, you kind of. Relive the pre-canceled life? There we go. I just found a new episode title. <laughs> <laughs> The pre-canceled life. There you go. There's my new podcast. Look out for it, where I just recall shows that were canceled, but I don't actually acknowledge the fact that they were canceled. (laughs) You talk about The Simpsons, though it's still in season nine. Right? Oh, that's great. Be like, oh, so Kelly, you know, Luke and Laura, like, you ever think they're going to get married? (laughs) Luke and Laura! (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, Dude, I watched Twin Peaks three years ago. I had never seen it before. Have you ever seen Twin Peaks? That was a show I watched as a kid. I did not understand it, and it screwed up my brain. Yeah, because completely it's weird. It's got that lost element to it, where um, you know it's like super crazy, what's real, what's not, sort of thing. But right. I watched it three years ago, and all I wanted to do was talk about it and process it, and like join like an online group that discusses it. But by that point, no one cared about it at all anymore because it's. 
freaking 30 years or however old it is now <laughs> no one cared about it it was the most alienating lonely experience <laughs> <laughs> which is weird though because if i know anything about twitter there's at least this weird unofficial group of massive david lynch fans that still exist oh so you just... maybe, i guess i just didn't look hard enough I don't know. It's weird. It's kind of like you just sort of just search the name and just hop into conversations. They exist because I know when the um the, the course the the first talk about the revival coming up, right? People like lost their minds, and it was amazing because even when I was a kid, no one talked about Twin Peaks. No, but no. yet all these people love it, and it's like, where were you guys? Where because were you, yeah, that's right. Where when I hear about things that have like a huge fan base, I think it was like. Where were you in my life? How did our paths never cross? <laughs> See, I'm starting to think it's like pop culture secret societies where they all just have like weird like signalets or, or just like tattoos that like yeah. let you know like when they know or they'll make references that are so underground that only a true fan would ever get it. Yeah, absolutely. And it, But as soon as it becomes mainstream, it's no longer cool. Well, yeah. <laughs> so they don't want you to know that they're out there. Yeah, I just... That's the thing, though, but yet once there's news about that thing maybe coming back into focus, I think they forget the fact that it's supposed to be a big secret, and the fandom takes over. Because like I said, Twin Peaks, no one was talking about it. There was word that it was going to come back. People lost their minds. Yeah. Same thing with, well, granted, the one thing I have to think, though, most of those shows like Twin Peaks and, you know, X-Files, there was no internet when those shows were popular. No, not a. Uh, well, there was, but it was only it was only in Al Gore's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice pull. That is brilliant. Thanks. <laughs> oh man, are you sure you don't want to do like a full time podcast at any point? Oh, maybe I should. I was gonna say, how great would that be to have like an audio companion to Lorelli? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. All right. We can keep spreading the empire. Yeah. There you go. I'm talking T-shirts, action figures, bobbleheads. Yeah. The should, works. The, the woiks. Yeah. We definitely need to have a store, an online store. Right now, we don't have a fan base, but like we're like we're gonna freaking have a store. We're gonna start making T-shirts. Absolutely. Al Gore's eyes. There you go. See, you've already got so much great content. You could already just start pulling for the T-shirts. Yeah. If you go to Canada, you'll get divorced. That'll be one of our T-shirts. Yes, that has to be one. I'll definitely buy that one. Yeah. <laughs> divorce <laughs> meanwhile i don't know if you'll be doing any like live performances in canada it's like oh what do you mean you're gonna get divorced here <laughs> everyone that's the worst divorced. that's the worst canadian accent ever yeah i don't know what that was i, I could sense you tried and therefore i like <laughs> <laughs> wow you weren't even gonna try to like be like oh that was good you know just <laughs> right under the bus is where kelly threw me <laughs> yep Oh, Kelly, this has been so much fun. I'm so glad we got a chance to uh, chat, and I'm glad it worked out because for a second there, I thought our connections were going to ruin this for us. No, we did it. We we crossed we crossed over the bridge. We found it. I'm so glad you're a, you're a delight. Likewise. Um, but before you go, of course, I'm always about shameless promotion. Please, please, please tell the good people where they can find you or your work or your production team. Just give them all the links and the information. Please. Yeah. Um. There. Jellyman Productions is my YouTube channel. I also have one that's for me personally, but I really just post uh, ukulele videos. <laughs> uh, so, but uh, Jellyman Productions um, on YouTube, on Twitter and Instagram, I am at Kelly Vrooms. Um, so my name and then Vrooms, like Vroom, the sound a car makes with an S at the end, at Kelly Vrooms because my last name is Vrooman. 
And, um, yeah, uh, you can find me on Facebook with my name, Kelly Vroman. I've got a professional page, and we can interact and message there. And there you go. Awesome. Again, thank you so much. And yeah, we're going to have to pop back on to talk Star Wars, maybe as we get near to release of uh, yeah. Force Awakens. Because unfortunately, I've been hitting like the hide button on Facebook or like blocking things on Twitter if it even mentions the movie. Oh, see what Luke Skywalker looks like. Nope, no, I don't want to see it. Good, good, good for you. Oh. Yeah. As a diehard Star Wars fan, this is the most painful thing in the world because I want to know so much, but at the same time, I want to go in cold. I don't want to build up too much expectation for myself. Yeah, that'll be exciting to see because you can't help but build up some sort of expectation based on, like, your childhood dreams. I mean, you know, like, it's just it's inherently going to be there. So I'll be curious um, after you see it as to what your opinion is. Awesome, but yeah, I'll, don't worry. I'll be chatting with that, talking about that for quite a while. So, Great. don't worry. You, you, you try, I, I can't stop butt talking. So you can't stop butt talking. <laughs> all right, bad grammar. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop butt talking. Oh. Hand me some of that coffee. I think I'm fading. <laughs> um, well, now that I've grammatically debased myself. <laughs> no, I just freaking love the idea of butt talking. Which is that just a fart? No. Okay. A, a butt talk isn't a fart. A butt talk. Oh, yes, it is. A butt talk is fart, which I know you were not saying. I know you're not just sitting here farting this whole time, or else, if so, you have the most articulate farts I've ever heard. Um, but I love the idea of butt talking. That's very funny. Oh, so that'll do it for ages. I'm sorry, now, see, now that seems like I was just telling you to shut up. Now we have to end on butt talk? Oh, no, I'm the worst. But again, that seems about right for my show. Okay, here, tell you what, we will end on a higher note. Okay. Um, so how about those, um, the sports team? <laughs> oh yeah. Sports. Oh, fans. Oh, I know. And like the running yeah. and like the, the that, throwing that, of when they got points. Oh, that's, that's, that's the best part. Mm-hmm. Yay. Oh, so much easier. There you go. So much easier. Oh, I'm so glad we're both so into sports stuff. I know. See, we were going to do a sports cast. Uh, sports cast. <laughs> that's how, that's how much I care about it. I don't even want to say podcast. No. Just say sports cast. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see you next issue.